me what's the worst crime. Putting pistachio nut things back in the bowl or leaving a little trail of them on the deck. I was going to say, there's a Have big you just trail. just cleared them out? Are they gone now? Yeah, right? I just cleared them right, out. Okay. Oh, not all of them. Hi, so what you're about to listen to here is a podcast about music that I think is underrated. Um, it's a podcast that I, uh, Jacob, recorded talking to my friend Katie. Uh, Katie's in a band with me uh, here in Bristol. Uh, it's a pretty freeform conversation with quite a bit of meandering conversation at the start before we get into the music itself. Um, hopefully this will just be the first of many podcasts, all of which will be similarly conversational in style. Basically what I'll be doing and what I did here is sending a playlist or album of music that I think is underappreciated to someone uh, and then talking through the music and its context. So the music we talk about here is united in the uh, not entirely serious theme of when nerds get sexy, so expect a fair bit of prog. If you want to listen to the playlist itself, the Spotify link will be in the YouTube description, or you can follow links to the songs themselves on YouTube. Uh, unfortunately, the very end of this conversation didn't actually get recorded, so I've just uh, added a little bit towards the end. Enjoy! So, the setup is essentially, I hate music journalism and I hate music critics, because okay. they're obnoxious and pointless and it's all stupid. So why am I doing a podcast doing that exact thing? <laughs> well, because, really, at the end of the day... I'm trying to think of examples like, do you know Robert Christgau? Crisco? I'm not sure how to pronounce it. He's an American one. No, I mainly read Pitchfork reviews, oh, yeah. which, um, you know, they do that sort of 8.4 out of 10, that sort of really yeah, yeah. exact. And, and they go into a lot of detail, which I kind of often skim over, but I suppose, um, yeah, I, I, yeah, no, I don't know. That well, he's, he's kind of a big one who, I think he kind of got big in the 60s and 70s, and he's still kind of like one of the main names. If you go on Wikipedia, yeah. and you look up any like classic album, it'll have like a, like a you know, in the way that if you go on a film, yeah. it'll have like IMD, no, it doesn't even have IMDb, it'll have Rotten Tomatoes yeah. rating, oh, or a Metacritic yeah. one, as yeah, like a, yeah, yeah, so it'll have yeah. Robert Chris Go, or Chris Gal, I'm not sure yeah. how to pronounce his name, as one of the default ones, and he gives like an A- minus or whatever. Yeah. And obviously in Britain you've got like Paul Morley. Who's big on like Radio Two and all that, and then you got all like a slew of internet reviewers, mm-hmm. some of whom you know I spent a lot of my teenage years reading, yeah. partly because they're entertaining, but actually I think most of them are, a don't have a fucking clue what they're talking about. Yeah, I should probably swear less. Okay, on this recording <laughs> depends uh, if your like nephews are gonna listen. Yeah, to or what's not. what's yeah. what's my audience? <laughs> um, don't have a clue what they're talking about, and if they do have a clue what they're talking about, who really cares? Because you know, I'm sure you feel the same way. If you read a review, do you not sometimes think, like, why am I reading this? I do it's it all the time. It's kind of an indication, isn't it? But, you know, what's interesting is there's also a weird kind of indication. So two of my favourite albums are Daft Punk Discovery and Flaming Lips, The Soft Bulletin. And when I read the Pitchfork reviews of them, they both got a 10 out of 10, which I'd never seen before. And mm-hmm. and even though, you know... Did it make you feel I'll smug? Be, it did make me feel <laughs> smug, yeah. Because even though I'm happy to disagree with them, when I when I saw that, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Smug feeling, you know. But yeah, I, I mean, I feel the same way. Sometimes I'll listen to a song, but I really like it, but maybe I feel like I shouldn't. And then you look up like a review and you're like, well, they like it. Oh, so if they like it as well, it's fine that I mm. like it. Oh, they really like it. They really dislike it. And I'm like, well, this just proves that they're stupid, but actually, yeah. I'm, I'm sure someone out there agrees with me and they're probably right. And it's just this weird, like, 
it's kind of pointless and a bit stupid. And it's it, also about what even gets reviewed in the first place, isn't it? So yeah, like one of true. my favourite bands for the last few years is Everything Everything, and I thought, oh, you know, it's almost that wanting someone to reflect what you like, isn't it? And, yeah, and, yeah. and I thought, oh, look up the reviews, because I would love to read the glowing praise about this band that I love. And, yeah. and it wasn't even on the radar. They hadn't even reviewed oh, the most okay. recent album. I, I was just like, that. you idiots! You know? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, but yeah. So there's that whole thing about what even makes it into the critical sphere. Yeah, yeah. There's always... It's easy, isn't it? And, um, you know... I, why not start with feminism early? But, you know, it's easy to kind of, to feel that this is objectivity. And, you know, one of the things that obviously you all know, feminism does is break down this idea of objectivity, but that's something that critics do, isn't it? It's, yeah. I, you know, this just is yeah. worth reviewing or isn't worth reviewing or is good or isn't yeah. good. And, and there's a whole wider conversation about, like, c- canonical works in, like, yeah. English Western literature and it's the same issues. And just to preface that this is clearly not a very good feminist episode, given that... I was going to say, m- yeah. <laughs> a, the music is like 99% male and B, yeah. well, when nerds get sexy, not yeah. exactly very feminist. But but I did think that initially, I you know, that was my kind of, as I started to think about it, I thought, oh, you know, this would make for an interesting feminist discussion. But actually, as I listened to some of it, what I realised was that, um, you know, it's, it's a lot of the stuff on the list is, was written, is it's mostly... 70s stuff late and a bit 60s of 80s, 70s 60s. probably an 80s song yeah and it's interesting because one of the songs uh without sort of going into detail yet but talks about you know you know if you think this is a sin and it's that idea that actually there's a kind of a bigger there's almost a bigger point than um than uh feminism in a way that it's about sort of um uh, that song in particular is about sort of liberation and mm-hmm. and actually that you know you forget that 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 that, that kind of it, you know that um Rock and roll and singing about this as a subject um, was already be that's this kind of a radical. There's a rebellion in that in itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So actually, I kind of almost came to it thinking, well, I shall find a feminist way to unpick. And, and actually, I ended up thinking it's not that wasn't that overriding thing that came through. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's yeah. not like a, you know, I was also trying to think of a fe- of a uh, equivalent song written by a woman or a similar song from the time. But I haven't done that. But I will do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, do like a coda to the podcast. Yeah, yeah. That, that's getting ahead of ourselves a bit, mm. and also getting maybe far deeper than. Mm. I myself was intending to yeah. but I was kind of just going to complete the thought on why even do this podcast if I think music criticism is stupid mm. and I think good question. what a good thing is to do with music criticism A, everyone, well everyone, it's kind of it does link back to what we're saying, like everyone loves to talk about what they like and why they like it, whether mm. it's films or literature or music so why not do that? Yeah. And I think music criticism or reviews, or even if you just listen to someone talk about it on the radio, it's really one way, it's just one person talking about it mm. Uh, obviously, this isn't going to be any different. But the other good thing in music criticism can actually do is... Hang on a minute. Did you just say this is going to be a one-way? No, I mean, like, from <laughs> us to whoever's listening. Okay, I, I thought you meant from you to presuming me. that like, anyone... Right, then. <laughs> I'll pipe <Yeah>. down. That's <laughs> presuming anyone will actually listen to this. But yeah, well, I will at least we'll will listen to it. We'll enjoy the conversation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, but yeah, obviously, it's not going to be, it's not any different, because if anyone's listened to this, it's just us two talking and... But, um, at least, but I think that is still different, isn't it? It's still different to hearing one person because you can debate it a bit. Yeah, that's you know, true. That's you true. Can, you can pose two different sides of a debate. Yeah, 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 yeah true. So, but the second point I was going to make is music criticism or reviews generally is actually like promoting something you think is underrated. Hence, we get to the name of my podcast, which is Underrated Overhated. Looking at music mostly 
older music because it's kind of easy to look back and say yeah. this was underappreciated. Yeah. Um, although I will probably do, well, I will do episodes in the future on like more current musicians. Obviously, that's also that's the music I still listen to mostly. Yeah. I'm a really prematurely aged 29 year old. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think actually writing your review of something and telling someone this is really underrated, you've probably not heard it. I think mm. that's actually more valuable than me just saying. Yeah. This album's a nine out of ten. Oh, I've got another review for Sgt. Yeah. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Like that's yeah. who cares? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. really interesting. So digging out stuff that perhaps has been overlooked. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I think a lot of music was just underrated at the time, and no one mm. listened to it. And the, like the whether the British public or the American public or whatever didn't really take to it, and it wasn't very big and didn't chart mm. or whatever. A lot of music was big at the time, is no longer very big at all. People have kind of forgotten this band or artist exists. Mm. And a lot of music was hated at the time, or is really hated now, and I think mm. actually doesn't deserve that hate. Yeah. Which is why prog rock, which is not entirely what this episode is about, but yeah. partly what this episode is about, is a good one, because a lot of progressive rock artists from the early 70s were underrated in the first place and didn't chart or whatever. Yeah. And as a genre, it is very maligned I guess these days it's it's the it least cool maligned. of the genres it is least cool and, and actually I've thought of something else <clears throat> about um about looking back at music from not now um from history um which is that now we have social media some of that debate um can happen more yeah, yeah. and something that perhaps the critics miss can become pop popular yeah, yeah. by virtue of people sharing it whereas you kind of think you know back in the like 60s 70s 80s even 90s if if um you know if if the if the the critics didn't rate you then mm-hmm. maybe you wouldn't have even had yeah. much of a chance so, I think so yeah. yeah that's a good point yeah. and i think that's the great thing about the internet like i can just recommend something as we do in the band for anyone who's listening we're in a band together <laughs> um <laughs> As we do in the band all the time, we can just recommend something. And it's the easiest thing in the world now. Whereas, yeah. I don't know, mm. 20 years ago, I guess, how do you share something with a friend? You kind of hang out, have yeah. a few drinks. Copy a tape. Obviously, I'm too young to really conceptualise what that was like. Yeah. But I know I remember yeah, cassettes, yeah, yeah, give me yeah, some credit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I never really hung out with friends pre... Because when I was at uni, was Spotify a thing in my first year at uni? Probably not. But, you know sharing files and whatever mm. and texting people like a link to something on. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. So that's what we're going to do. So we'll move right. on to the meat of it. That's the kind of preamble, which is that, well, originally I was going to start these podcasts with like an artist or an album and just kind of do it and then mm-hmm. kind of do like these special, what kind of feels like a more special episode because it's more thematic. Yeah. I was going to do that at a later date, but we're starting with it instead, which is yeah. fine. We'll roll with it. Uh, and it's, I called it, and I'm terrible at naming things, uh, When Nerds Get Sexy. Woo! <laughs> Get your freak on. <laughs> um, so obviously you can see why progressive rock plays a big part in this, but not exclusively. So there's a few musicians in there who I don't think, yeah. are, they're probably proggy or influenced prog musicians. Yeah, rock um, music. Oh, spoiler. No, no, that's fine, that's fine, yeah. that's fine. <laughs> um, and obviously, like, uh, the Beach Boys is in there. But we can at least recognise that, you know, Brian Wilson is pretty much the squarest guy in pop music. So he's in there for a good reason. Yeah. Um, so I sent you a playlist, and actually, what I'm going to do 
now is get you to listen to a song I did not put on the playlist. Okay. And we'll get your reaction. Okay. Kind of like, well, listen to it and then we'll talk about it. Okay. So, you know Vangelis? Yeah. Uh, did you know that prior to his solo career, he was in a band called Aphrodite's Child? I did not. Well, they had an album called 666. Okay. Which Catchy. is... Yeah, yeah, and it is not really as satanic as you might expect from the okay. name, but it's based on the Book of Revelations. Um, and it's like okay, a, I do know that book. Yeah, so, you know, <laughs> uh, it's kind of a proggy double album. A lot of people think it's like the best progressive rock album of all time. Okay, I'm not really sure if it is fully prog, but I'm not even sure if it's entirely as an album that good. Okay, but this song is a good example of a nerdy genre, a nerdy guy in a nerdy genre. Doing some sexy music. Okay, let's hear it. I'm ready. I'm ready. I was. I am. I am to come. I was. This is weird. (laughs) (laughs) I am to come. I was. I am. I am to come. I was. I am. You tell me when you've had enough, by the way. (laughs) I'm seeing this as an endurance test. How long does it last? I don't know. I think it's like four minutes. Stop! Make it stop! Make it stop! <laughs> Interesting. That Thanks is obviously that. far... That's an extreme. That's, yeah, far more intense yeah. than anything else. Yeah, yeah, I mean, um, That would make Prince blush. It would, wouldn't it? And that's like 1971 <laughs> by a bunch of, like, nerdy Greek dudes. And obviously Vangelis yeah. went on to score an infinite number of films with, like, a droning mm. bass line and a kind of nice melody over top. Yeah, um, yeah. For anyone who's listening, that was... Uh, infinity sign that's mm-hmm. kind of what it's called it is literally just an infinity sign yeah. by Aphrodite's Child of their 1971 album 666 yeah do you want to describe it? it's kind of a woman panting and getting panting. increasingly <laughs> excited yes and what, what's she saying again? <laughs> I can work it out it was something like I am I am I am I come I something yeah it's, I can't remember what it is I can't remember what it is exactly, but it's something like, I am to come, I was, or something like that. And yeah. See. Yeah. It's a very clever wordplay. It's not clever, obviously. Yeah. Um, I don't really entirely, I'm not entirely sure how that fits in with the Book of Revelations, but no, I mean, I don't know. I don't know it uh, really well enough Yeah. to say. Um, is that typical of that album? No, not not even remotely. Mm. I mean, there's a lot of instrumental stuff like that sounds quite Greek. Um, yeah. Uh, there's a few like pop songs on it. Um, and it's a concept album. It's a concept album, yeah. And um, and one of the other songs on the playlist is from a concept album. And, and do you think that there's something about, this might be uh, not anything, but do you think there's something about the concept album and it taking you through different parts of life that means at some point in a concept <laughs> album you have to have a sexy song on there? Or not? <laughs> yeah, do you think there are concept guess... albums that avoid doing that? But I mean, some concept albums, especially in prog, uh, the concept is some kind of, highfalutin psychological thing like dark side of the moon or something yeah or the concept is a little bit more highfalutin in a different way like Mm. um based on some like um so the yes double album i don't know if you know tales from topographic oceans is like i've heard it a bit famously the most one of the most derided pieces in progressive rock was based on like a footnote to a piece of Hindu scripture or something like, I can't remember, like some Eastern kind of religious philosophy. Let's get obscure, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's literally four 20-minute tracks Mm. 
primarily based off this one like footnote and it's completely stupid I mean it's not even a very it's not yes it's best album by any means yeah it's probably not as terrible as some people say but um I don't think that album really gets sexy at any point but you mentioned um, Dark Side of the Moon and um Breathe uh, um we sorry we're gonna say um Breathe um is that on Dark Side of the Moon yeah it is yeah I see I think that's kind of a bit of a sexy kind of song it's got the whole you know ah that's ah, yeah that's a ah. Greatest gig in the sky. Oh, great! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not breathe. Yeah, great gig in the sky. Great gig in the sky. Yeah. Oh yeah. God, how... So that's like a better version of what you just played me, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's she gets actually... a little bit orgasmic, but yeah, yeah, yeah. in the context of an awesome song, and so... it's actually melodic. And, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Whereas that is just kind of like a really gratuitously over the top. <laughs> I mean, you could kind of say I think it was um I don't know her name it was like Irene Pappas, a famous like Greek yeah. actor actress. Okay. Um, you could say I guess it's like. It's an impressive vocal performance in a way to like sit someone in a studio and do that. Yeah. But it, in no way, this is the kind of thing like I think I probably listened to this album for the first time. Yeah. And I think I probably listened to it through like. Maybe she wasn't in the studio. Maybe she was in bed and it's you know. Yeah, it's I mean like. And she's having a lovely time. That's true. I mean like maybe she wasn't <laughs> she didn't singing. Know she was being corny. <laughs> I mean that's just creepy now. <laughs> uh, maybe she wasn't singing along with the percussion. The percussion was along with her because like it all does work in mm, tempo yeah, yeah. but it's a weird track I mean I think I listened to it the first time through like a hi-fi system yeah. and I think I rushed to the hi-fi and put the volume down <laughs> I think I was probably at university and like thin walls I was a bit like whoa, whoa. <laughs> um, yeah it's very intense but yeah back to the concept album thing I think this album they were kind of trying to touch on like all the different parts of human experience or whatever yeah um, yeah so inevitably you'll come around to that kind of thing. Yeah. But I don't think, yeah, I can see why it would be inherent to a lot of concept albums, but mm. certainly not every concept album. Mm. Um, but I can't remember what the other song was that was from a concept album on this. Counting Out Time. Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We can go to that yeah. one first, yeah. actually, if you want yeah. to. Yeah. 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 Okay. Here songs, I love you. Without you, I would like Genesis I do and I really um love that album I really like the Lamia song mm -hmm. which is also quite a sexy song isn't it that one I can't remember that as well they are the sort of the sexy sirens yeah who lure them in yes yeah yeah, yeah. that so is very sexy then yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. so um, um so that this album... one's more sort of on the subject of it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Imagine yeah. Songs, I love you. It's a great song. Yeah. That was well said. Yeah, yeah. yeah, thanks. Um, I was going to say, for anyone who is listening, the album is The Lamb Lies Down on Broadway by Genesis. Was it the last one with Peter Gabriel? I think it was. I think it was. And it is a very good album. Yeah. I think we've had a disagreement on this point before. It's not the best Genesis well, album. Well, some would say it is, but, you know, <laughs> not, people, for this, well, yeah. not for this podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah. And I think... I'll tell you my thoughts on this song. Mm. I think in terms of like the playlist I sent you for this podcast and like the whole subject of like, you know, nerdy prog rock is getting sexy. It, it's kind of the best of it in a way. And it mm. also kind of like encapsulates the good bits of it, which is coming to it with a great sense of humor. Yeah. And I think there are other things on the playlist, which are either maybe not as, I mean, I'm not saying this is any of these songs are necessarily laugh out loud, but they're yeah. humorous. And this one particularly is probably the funniest one. Yeah. Um, and I think... It makes light of it, certainly, doesn't it? And, yeah, yeah. And in what is a very catchy tune, which helps mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, yeah, you can kind of... You can kind of um, forgive 
a lot lyrically or subject matter wise something that may be cringy but if it's got a good tune to it then yeah, people yeah. generally you know will be happy with that yeah yeah so what do you think has to be forgiven for this song lyrically um well I, I, I suppose the line that I sang you know it's kind of a bit you know you wouldn't normally hear something what like, is it again uh, sorry erogenous zones yeah, yeah. I love you without you where would a poor boy be yeah yeah but like you said they've done it in a funny way so. I guess yeah I guess because uh, to me I don't think that needs forgiven I think it's a good line in and of itself it's not very it's not serious at all yeah. but it's not like I guess to me yeah it's very tongue in cheek it is just yeah. it is what it is yeah and it's not kind of glaringly like like I've I've um I'm not great at always giving due attention to lyrics mm-hmm. and I've listened to that song lots of times and other than the that line standing out there's never been anything in that that I've thought whoa whereas some of the songs on the playlist and I know we'll come on to them there's one or two where the, the, the lyrics are sort of kind of more gratingly I'm like oh no that, that would put me off not all of them yeah 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 I'm quite cute like grating in what well probably diversity of grating ways but like some of them are probably just really yeah. let's say old fashioned yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 and I'm sure and maybe just a a few of those just a bit like bad lyrics or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So Family Man by... Oh, we're getting well ahead of ourselves here. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. You lead it yeah. this way. Yeah, Yeah, we talked about that song before we actually hit record. Yeah. Um, and you object to that song... Sounds quite strongly. Well, I, I just thought that the, the I just thought it was naff. I thought the, the tune was naff, <laughs> and I I I and I think again. I suppose it is the one song that stood out as being quite a bit sexist. That yeah, you know, yeah. all care for it. I might be beyond my control. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I might have to sleep with you. you yeah, know, yeah. Da, 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 no, da, da, I totally da, da, agree. Da, da, da. So, uh, but also, you know, if if it had been, and I, and I tend to. Um, favour music over lyrics so if the mm. lyrics something really bad if I still really yeah, really yeah. love the song I'll forgive the lyrics but the song was naff in my opinion <laughs> I think it was the naffest on the list yeah I song. mean I would yeah. agree I mean uh, when I say like we're going to talk about underrated and underappreciated stuff um, I kind of included Mike Oldfield here because I think he is generally underrated and underappreciated in many ways and I think that era of Mike Oldfield is as well because he kind of went from his early obviously like tubular bells instrumental yeah. stuff yeah. kind of became a bit of a pop kind of guy like brought yeah. a few pop hits in the 80s and I think some of them were really good but yeah I just put this one in here because I kind of wanted Michael to, to be yeah, in here but I don't think just... it's necessarily really good <laughs> I think there were bits of it where like oh that's a decent melody and like yeah. some of the production I'm like oh I mean like as I said before Drops of Water is like percussion is really really cheesy obviously Yeah. but on first listening I was like oh yeah yeah, yeah. that's kind of nice but the, the lyrics, again, I don't think I listened to the lyrics to this, like you. Yeah. I don't think I listened to the lyrics to this yeah, until yeah. I'd heard it like 20 times. And I completely agree. They're just yeah. really quite cringy. Old fashioned and... Uh... Yeah, yeah. But that, I mean, I really like Michael Field as a musician, but mm. I think that's just him all over. I, if you know anything about him, um, from what I read, he had kind of a, uh, a like a few bad LSD experiences, like mm. early in the 70s, probably before, maybe it was before Tubular Bells came out. And he kind of turned in on himself and he spent like much of the 70s quite unhappy, although he's quite musically productive. Mm. And then when he came in, when it like came into the 80s, he had some, it wasn't like transcendental meditation, but it was some kind of similarly fluffy, mm. you know, pseudo psychological help through some framework. I can't remember what it was. Mm. Um, and I think it's one of those ones which 
not being very helpful here, quite controversial. It was something, okay. well, you know, somewhere between Scientology and Transcendental Meditation. Yeah. One of those kind of... Like Reiki? Would that fall into that? Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> we're strolling into <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> territory that we don't know. <laughs> um, but then he kind of like psychologically came, I think from what I've read, he became a lot better. <laughs> and then um, he moved to Ibiza. I'm not sure if that was in the 80s, but you know, this is kind mm. of where his life went. Um, I think Liam or Noel Gallagher bought his house as well. Right. And tried to sue him because he didn't tell them that part of the cliff was falling into the ocean or something okay. like that. Weird story, I don't know. But, Don't mess um, with the Gallaghers. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, but I kind of, I heard a song, and in not all that context, and he, you know, he had a bit more of a life in the 80s, moved to Ibiza. Mm. I kind of read that song as like a weird like him living out his weird fantasies that he didn't get yeah. to live out in his 20s, which makes it even worse. <laughs> like, it's just, yeah, it's a cringy song. Yeah, it's cringy. Yeah, it's yeah. cringy. But I kind of thought I had to put it in there because yeah. you should at least, no one should go to their grave without hearing that song. It's, yeah, it's bad. It's definitely at the, it's definitely at the bottom of the list. You don't even appreciate it. We started at the bottom. <laughs> yeah. No, we started at the top. No, we started there. We started at the top. We're doing it in a weird yeah, way, I yeah. I think, yeah, anyway. I'm do, you, do you appreciate its badness or is it just... I, I think it's just bad. Just, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it's just bad. I mean, a song like um, Don't Stand So Close does the sort of I'm tempted, but, yeah, you yeah. know, yeah, in yeah. a really good way. Yeah, yeah. But he's just doing that, like, don't tempt me because I will, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm married, I'm a family man. I've got, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, just no. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I thought you might least respect how terrible it is and get some amount of enjoyment out of it. Yeah, if, no. if not, that's fine. I'm sorry, um, Were there any... I mean, I could just go through the list. Is there any other songs that kind of immediately sprung to mind let's have a little look um okay. i really liked the caravan okay song yeah um both of them i were don't i think was there oh, two yeah. Yeah. yeah and um i really i don't know caravan very much so i really liked them and i really liked the curve air song curved air yeah i really liked the harmonies on that i, th- I mm-hmm. thought they were great um yeah, 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 yeah. Which yeah, one yeah. do you want to do? You want to go to either of them um, first, or for the maybe the caravan one because that has the one about the line with the, the it's a sin or something. Like, and the best thing about this was that I asked my uh, robot to play it, Alexa. <laughs> Alexa. I'm in a room without a device, so I, I can do it. And I know it's embarrassing to to talk about the, the robots, but you know, she said, um, uh, "I'm gonna have to check the track list." The name of it. Can I see the, the name dog? Of it? The dog. He's at it again. So she said, "The dog. The dog. He's at it again." And then she <laughs> played it through. So that kind of, you know, made it for me. But um, yeah, that's the one with the lyrics about staying in bed and thighs mm-hmm. and legs and so if you think it's a sin. Yeah. So what? What do you? What's what's the song about? I guess. What did you? What's the kind of impression of it? So I, it was kind of about. It was a sort of anti. Um, there's a thing about anti censorship. You know, he's kind of saying, I shouldn't be going to bed with these girls, but I'm going to, and and actually, you know, fuck you mm-hmm. to anyone who says that I shouldn't be doing this. And um, yeah, I thought that's kind of thought provoking, really, because you know, <clears throat> kind of sex is a bit of a rebellious act, isn't really so much of a. Th- thing now really yeah, unless yeah. you're like raised a catholic or something but um uh so as, so as a social thing you know so i think that was quite that was quite interesting that was um yeah it was almost that kind of we're gonna have fun for the hell of it and um you know say no to decency and censorship and um yeah but i liked the tune as well i liked the i tune. think i'm gonna really disappoint you <laughs> but you didn't you like what... it no no i i, lo- I love that song right and i think that's 
possibly with the Genesis song, another one of the best examples of really humorous yeah. songwriting. But yeah. I mean, I did, the first time I heard it, I don't know. I liked the tune again. I didn't really listen to the lyrics very much. Yeah. I listened a bit more. And I was like, oh, it's kind of like about sex or something. Like yeah. I probably first heard it when I was a teenager, so I was probably like, oh, yeah, oh, it's funny. Have I completely uh, misread it? Um, yeah. So they had a live album like a year after they released this album. Um, and it's kind of a preamble to the song, and he kind of explains a bit yeah. of what it's about. Right. So uh, I'll play this to you. Okay. I'd like to go into our Phantom Flusher song now about a young man who wanders about in Hampstead Heath area early evening with a raincoat, cloth cap, and wellies. Yes, he's out there. <laughs> and a torch hanging around his neck with a bit of string across to shine down upon him when he opens out his coat to the young ladies. Oh! <laughs> a, a problem that he knows he's been to the doctor with, and uh, he's given him some pills to counteract his urges. They're called down boy pills, and they, um, unfortunately he's beginning to run out of them, and he knows this. This is entitled The Dog of the Dog, he's at it again. because it kind of sounded a bit more consensual when I listened to it. <laughs> um, I mean, admittedly, the, the opening verse, that, I mean, that's some dodgy lyrics going on. Yes, yeah. But yeah. I kind of felt like the chorus and the, the lead up to the chorus yeah, yeah. were maybe a little bit more, um, yeah, there's yeah. more weightiness to it, but that's a shame, oh, no, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm going to listen to that song. <laughs> I think I genuinely really like the song, the album yeah. it's on, and the band. But the song, yeah, I mean, they're kind of, their immediate sound is... I think I once read someone, and this is where I'm a complete hypocrite because I was wondering about music criticism and stuff earlier, but you know, yeah. I've clearly read lots of it. Um, I read someone describe them as kind of like um, perverted Beach Boys. Interesting. They're not very Beach Boysy in a way because yeah. they don't sound yeah, like that. Yeah, they don't have that do thing, but they've got yeah. very innocent, sweet sounding. Yeah. And they do have harmonies yeah, and a yeah. bit of strings, but actually the lyrics are quite dirty. And not invariably, lots of the lyrics are just kind yeah. of like nonsensical. But that song is. And and that was the thing that struck me. I, I watched some of the um, YouTube videos this morning, and um, that was one of the things that struck me. Is they all look sort of like quite clean cut or quite yeah, sort yeah. of nice, you know, yeah, yeah. young lads, don't they? And they're yeah, yeah. singing about a guy, um, yeah, who's going flashing out people, <laughs> flashing on the people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, on the I mean, head. but you clearly like the song. Yeah, I did actually. <laughs> I did. I did like the song, and. Um, What's the name of the album that it's on? Um, for girls who grow plump in the night. <laughs> yeah, the, I mean. Okay, can we just can we just hear that again, Jay? <laughs> I think I've got it right. <laughs> it <laughs> for girls right. who grow plump in the night. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't look up the album name, but I was um, I was uh, it must have come up on one of the things I was watching it on, and I was like, what the actual? <laughs> it's, it's, it, I mean, the the front cover has a pregnant woman on it, so it's not like. Saying someone's fatness. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's still yeah, weird. Yeah. It's still weird, granted. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's a kind of like, you know, you, you couldn't quite rightly, well, it's just a weird album title, isn't it? It it's is. Just, it's uh, very the Beach weird. Boys wouldn't have had that, you know. Mm, thankfully. That, that album. <laughs> um, but I mean, Caravan are very much in the vein of like English whimsical. Like, yeah. you know, the kinks are quite whimsical. Yeah. Caravan get that and kind of turn it up to 11. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, the, the other song by Caravan, I forgot I put two Caravan songs on here. We're not going to necessarily discuss this one very much because it's, mm. it's a decent song, but it's called If I Could Do It All Over Again, I Would Do It All Over You. Yeah. Again, 
not exactly the most PG song title. Yeah, I don't mind it as a song title though. No, you think that's <laughs> not too bad? If I could, if I could do it's it all over again. Things like go plump in the night. Do you think it's better than that? I think it's. I think it's. Yeah, it's more obviously kind of. Yeah, I suppose it's possibly a bit. Um, I mean, the actual lyrics. Not, not exploitative, but what's the word I'm looking for? You know. Uh, anyway, objectifying. Objectifying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I was gonna say, um, what was I gonna say? The lyrics to that song, if I could do it all over again, I would do it all over again. Yeah. Don't in any way... That's what... Yeah. They're nothing to... Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I think, what I thought. I kind of, when I listened to it, I thought, hang on, this isn't what I was expecting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I literally... I think I probably put that in there when I was first getting the playlist and yeah. I realised it doesn't actually fit in any way. Yeah, but yeah, their yeah, entire... Yeah. That album, their entire second album is called If I Could Do It All Over Again, I Would Do It All Over Again. Yeah. And there's nothing else in there that really is... That's kind of their least dirty album. Yeah. And that makes it sound like they're always doing mm. dirty songs. But, but they're not. That. Yeah. Um, I think maybe one guy in the band probably just thought, that's yeah. a funny <laughs> title. I mean, it's not really funny or clever, <laughs> but it kind of is because yeah. it's not. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But it's a really good album. And as I said before, Caravan are really in the vein of like English whimsy. Yeah. Um, and their best album is called In the Land of the Grey and Pink, which is just like full on Tolkien-esque fantasy. Yeah. But again, kind of, more childlike and kind of like the songs are very yeah catchy it's not like it wizards? doesn't have no no wizards <laughs> um, I think he mentions gremlins and stuff like that in it but a lot of it's just like you know yeah. I was hanging out on a golf course and met met a lovely girl and you know yeah. she gave me some tea started raining golf balls yeah like that kind of whimsical yeah. magical yeah, as I say yeah, magical yeah, realism yeah, yeah. not magical realism like kind of nonsensical ditties yeah. that's kind of what they do and it's a great album yeah because they have they do that with a kind of like folksy vibe yeah and a bit of like jazzy keyboards and yeah i think one of the main sing- song singer singers and songwriters in the band his brother played piccolo and flute and a bunch of things and he obviously he just adds a bit in you know every few albums he kind of joins them and does a bit um but it's a great album I've um, listened to it. For, I don't know much Caravan, so yeah, definitely I mean, one for me to listen to. I think you said you've listened to Camel and Camel. Yeah, I was yeah. just going to mention Camel. Yeah, yeah, they're very they're similar, but Camel do a lot more instrumental stuff. Yeah, and they're a little more obviously prog. Yeah, um, one of the guys from Caravan was later later in Camel. Okay, um, and that's that. Oh, I could put that song on there. What's that song called again? That you've we've talked about before. Um, gonna put on your boots and join. Down no, the That's not a sexy song though. Well, it kind of is, because there's oh, a bit yeah. where it says, um, watching, um... Oh, yeah, and, uh, what's the line? Um... Oh, I mean, I can't it. Something about, is it rolling about in the hay or something? No, it's about, well, maybe there is that, I can't remember. Yeah, that. There's a bit about... To be done on the farm. Yep. Do, do, do. There's a bit about watching, um, is it a milkmaid or someone? Yeah. Put out her undies to yeah, dry? Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I think it was the Sinclair brothers with the two bass player and keyboard player in Caravan. Yeah. I think they're probably the ones who add a lot of the kind of nod nod wink wink yeah. kind of yeah, yeah. Monty Python-esque like a dirtiness. Bit smart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and he obviously contributed a bit of that to Camel. Because yeah. Camel were a little bit more full on wizards and elves yeah. kind of. Yeah, um, yeah. So maybe prog. made it a bit more earthy, a little bit more. And it's one of their best albums that he was on. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um, so you said dinner before, didn't you? Shall we have some dinner? I'm the cow shed. Plowman is taking a peek at the farmer's daughter who's hanging her undies in the sun. Better get on your boots and join us down on the farm. Better get on your boots. Well, which is the 
one that you would kind of yeah which do you think is the most um, put on for love making underrated <laughs> oh I didn't know where you were going to go like, which one do you think is actually the sexiest no, exactly <laughs> which one would you pick um, which one for do sexy I... time um, well on no, that, that note specifically no 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 but seriously the, I think the songs in this list are a good demonstration of what prog is like that they don't really do it very seriously it's kind of like the yeah. opposite of like soul or funk which everyone recognises as like the sexiest genres, obviously. Yeah. Um, but you say that, but um, I'm not sure we should put this in, but um, that's what she said, sorry. Um, <laughs> All right, Michael, I, went, I definitely, like, there was a definite phase in my life when it seemed to be that someone couldn't put the moves on without... Isn't it like the opening uh, to... It's a Pink Floyd song. Do oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my shine God, on? yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> there was a definite no phase when I was just like, no, another Floyd fan. Oh, well, you told Why me? You told from a different generation. So, you know, <clears throat> it was in the 70s. I wasn't born. <laughs> um, yeah, shine on your point is, weird, I mean, The point like, is that prog can be the, the choice yeah, yeah. for, you know... Yes, that's true, that's do. true. But I guess when... Getting proggy when they, with it. When getting they, proggy with it. That's a good name. That's the title. Okay, that, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when they like directly kind of tackle sexiness, they don't do it in a very mm, sexy way. Mm. It's like the opposite of Tina Turner doing Proud Mary. Mm. Proud Mary is a song about a boat on the Mississippi. But she clearly massively sexualizes that song. Yeah. I mean, I can't remember what she says at the start exactly, but it's like, every once in a while we like to do things nice mm. and rough. Or something like that. And she clearly... It's a kind of like undercurrent. Yeah, she whereas, it that. And she turns a song in about a boat into something yeah. that's clearly sexualised. Whereas yeah. these guys... Manage to turn... Sex into sex the... Sex into a turn-off. Yeah, 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 exactly. Which I think we should acknowledge as an artistic achievement in and of itself. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think which, if any. I mean, I, I really liked the um, song by Curved Air. I thought that was yeah, really, yeah. really good. And it's a woman singing... Yes. It's quite a sexy woman singing, actually. I don't want to play too much of it now, but yeah, yeah. What yeah. Um, so I watched the YouTube video, and she's uh, she's quite a sexy woman, the woman who sings it, and I, I think her, yeah, was quite sort of, I just noticed in some of the YouTube comments, there was a quite a lot of, whoa, whoa. she's nice. Whoa. But I just really loved that song. I really liked the, um, I really liked the harmonies, actually. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I always think great harmonies can really mm-hmm. make a song yeah, yeah. And I really like the the harmonies on that. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was really nice. It's a good song. I like. Yeah. I like it. And it's got a bit of a It's got a bit of a groove about it. Yeah, it's it? kind of. It's, it's a lot bluesier song. than the other, the other stuff. Yeah, and it's not yeah, bluesy yeah, yeah. in a really like obvious way. It's kind of still weird synthy. Yeah. Um, but I liked that. I think yeah, that. I think it's a good song. I think yeah. all I really know about because I think I tried listening to one or two of their albums and I never really got into it. I think that's mm. a great song, a completely mm. underappreciated song. Um, I think she, from what I've read, she. She was married to Stuart Copeland, or is yes. married to Stuart Copeland from the police. That's right. There was some link between them, yeah. Because oh, so he, he was in the band. He was he in the band. He might. Or be. maybe he wasn't. I can't remember. But Stuart Copeland was in. Because all of the police were a bit older when when they kind of got big with the police. They're all kind of like yeah. twenty nine, yeah, thirty ish, yeah, yeah, and yeah, a few of them had been in like proggy bands like yeah. in the seventies. And obviously, Sting was a teacher, wasn't he? I think. Yeah. Um, but she, I think she. Sonia, I can't remember her surname, mm. the lead singer for Curved Air, 
she was one of the singers in the musical Hair in the late 60s. Ah. So she's, yeah, in things. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah I think it's a great song. It's kind of, I mean, obviously it's called Backstreet Love mm. and it's not massively sexual in a mm. way, like the lyrics, some of yeah. them kind of are. Yeah, here and there. But, but it's I, got kind of a vibe to it, definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's the closest thing on this list to actually kind of just straightforward, kind of stereotypically yeah. kind of yeah, sexy song. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's definitely got a bit of a, yeah, yeah. a, a vibe. Of a vibe. Yeah, 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 for sure. But, uh, yeah. They're on the list, but I wouldn't necessarily say they're an underrated band. A lot mm. of people think they are, but I, I could never really get into their like, wider stuff. Mm. Um, it's never as catchy as that, but I think that's a great song. And I think I first heard it when my brother, we used to just go to like the library <laughs> when we were uh, like 14, 15, and just get CDs out and just copied them. Yeah. And he got like a... Onto what? Onto tape? Or just onto like our computer onto or laptop. whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, and then obviously we just had all the CDs. Mm. Um, and I think it was like a world's greatest prog CD or something like that, mm. and all the tracks on it were brilliant. Mm. Um, and this was one of them. I think it's great. I still think it's a great tune. Yeah, it's I catchy liked it. and like one of those not... songs. It's good to find. It's yeah, yeah, yeah hadn't exactly. Heard it. Yeah, no, it's really um, good. I'm trying to think of the next. Was there anything else that came to mind? We can just look at the list. There was one band that um, I hadn't heard of, and actually, the robot where I asked her to play it, she didn't know it either. Which was the one by? Is it the United States of? United States of America. Yeah, but that was a cool song. It is a cool song. Yeah, um, maybe let's play a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now listen, baby, and try to understand The tying you is fine and whipping you is grand I just can't tell you how much fun it's been You make me feel 25 again we talked a little bit earlier about the cheesiness and the naffness of Family Man, the disputed naffness of yeah, Family yeah. Man. No, no, I don't actually dispute the naffness <laughs> of Family Man. And, um, but there's something, you know, I suppose that's a little bit, a bit transgressive, but it just kind of feels a bit more, it's a bit tongue-in-cheek, yeah, it's yeah. a bit like, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, you've got the sort of suburban dream on the one hand, and then yeah, yeah. The, the sort of tying and the whipping, and it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so it's kind of sort of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it ha- but again, I really like that. It's got a bit of a groove about it in a mm. way that um, it kind of works. Like yeah, the, yeah. the subject matter goes with the with the kind of feel of the song, if you like. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. I, I you totally can imagine agree. dancing to that in a bar. You know, <laughs> well, I think I'm not sure was... if I can imagine that, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think. <laughs> so I could. the song is, I wouldn't leave. I wouldn't, or I won't actually. I won't leave my wooden wife for you. Yeah. Why is he called her a wooden wife? Sorry? Why is he called always wooden wife? Wooden, like frigid, I guess. Uh, That's okay. he's been. Yeah. Um so these guys are not <laughs> yeah, these guys are not proggy at all. Yeah. This album's from like nineteen sixty seven. Yeah. And it's seen as like one of the first kind of like albums it's obviously like that kind of summer of love era, so there's a lot of psychedelia on this album. Yeah. Um but it's a lot of like u- utilising like electronic sounds and it's kinda of one of the first albums to do that in a really kind of big way. Yeah. Um they only had the one album, then they broke up. And then Joe Bird, I think was his name, was the main songwriter and, flip, well, a few people in the band wrote the songs with him, but mm. he was the main kind of person behind it, and he's yeah. the guy singing there. Uh, so they don't have, like, electric guitar or anything like that. I don't think yeah. they have any bass. They just have electronic instruments ah. and all the sounds go together. Um, and he went on to just be, a, like, a music history of music professor mm. in uh, America. That's kind of where most of his career has been. Yeah. Oh, um, and he's really into like Dixieland jazz and all like old timey American music. And this album yeah. is completely 
bonkers. Like some yeah. of it's really good and actually quite catchy, and some of it's just noise. Yeah. Um, but I, 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 I like this song as well because clearly tongue in cheek. Yeah. And it yeah, is exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously, yeah. in a way, he's calling his funny. wife frigid, but yeah. <laughs> it's actually it's a kind of weird like neurotic song, isn't it? Where yeah. he's like, you know, makes me feel twenty five again. Yeah. yeah, it's just, yeah, he's yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. again, it's about that kind of suburban dream on the yeah. one hand, but then yeah. this kind of neurotic guy who's got a bit on the side it. or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, but again, so it's not, I, I mean, the guy's clearly a nerd, but it's not proggy. Um, but again, I think it's a perfect example of completely unsexy song about yeah. someone's bit on the side. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I think of a lot of other musicians were singing about that. They tried to make it a little bit more obviously. Yeah. Um, hot and steamy whereas this yeah. is just complete it's out there yeah. it's kind of yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. one um, moving on to one of the other songs um, one of the ones you'll tell me which song it is had the album cover with the tongue yeah that was the instrumental that we were just talking about during the break oh okay so this was interesting so yeah so I didn't I didn't get it I went onto YouTube and, and, and I know you're going to enlighten oh, you me cheated. on this only only to watch the um only to listen yeah, to yeah, the okay, song yeah. and, and all it had was the album cover um of what's basically a, a tongue kind of licking something which as one of the youtube comments says i wish they'd shown the whole fact that it was a peach on the front of the album <laughs> it was clearly like a little bit disturbed by the yeah, fact yeah. that it, it kind of looks like a butt yeah well that, that's <laughs> Is that just me no. That's what I yeah. <laughs> that, That's <laughs> like, me, yeah. I think it's one of the most, uh, so that's Gentle Giant. Right. And the album and the song yeah. is called Acquiring the Taste. Now the song itself uh, is just a kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of weird atonal. It's not quite atonal, but it's yeah. a bit weird and not very melodic. Yeah. It's not even very long. Um, but it's really on here purely, A, because Gentle Giant are a kind of underrated band. Yeah. Really quite weird and out there. Um, but the album cover mainly, mm. um, which yeah. Is a giant tongue. I mean, the tongue takes up like seventy percent yeah, of the album. Yeah, the tongue's cover. massive. Uh, yeah, and then there's like two mounds that just look like bone cheeks, <laughs> and it's called acquiring the taste because the point was that it looks like that on first glance. Yeah, and then you fold out the gatefold sleeve, and actually, right. it's not that. It's a yeah, it's a plum. Yeah, or a peach. And um, as the person on YouTube said, the front cover was why I hadn't got around to listen to anything from it for a time. I know that it's a peach when folded out all the way, but it would have been nice if the album cover was just the full painting, peach and all. <laughs> <laughs> so clearly some people were a little, yeah, I think you it, know, that put them off. But I don't know Gentle Giant at all. They're quite it's, weird. What, what kind of other stuff? Are, are they quite proggy? Very proggy, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, I, I mean, they definitely did that consciously because they had a weird <laughs> sense of humour and that's what they were getting. I was like, oh yeah. yeah. You might think our music tastes like ass at first. Yeah. But actually, once you, you get used to, to it, you will acquire okay, the taste. Yeah. Um, Which is a quite proggy sort of, you know, it's all a bit of an intellectual sort of... Yeah, um, but also tongue-in-cheek, and they know full well, like... Tongue-in-cheek. Oh, God, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't mean to say that. The old, we found the ultimate tongue-in-cheek album. Oh, 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 God, no. Uh, I will play you a bit of Gentle Giant now. Yeah, let's listen um, to something else by them. I'd be surprised if you if you like them. I mean, do you want to hear something off Why that album, Why would you be actually? surprised if I like them? I might like them. Because I think anyone... I think I'd be surprised if anyone liked them. I, 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 they're the kind of band do that... Do you I'm like them? You well, like them? kind of. Um, in a way, they're like... 
You compare them to like other progressive rock people, like Yes, in a way they're a lot more far out, far out than Yes. They're a lot mm. weirder, a lot more disjointed and weird. But in another way, the music is a lot less dense because Yes could be very like dense. There's mm. a lot going on, but because. I think it's just like four or five guys and they don't do all these overdubs that Yes mm. tended to do. Like Yes end up sounding like an orchestra. Mm. Whereas General Giant <clears throat> just kind of sound like a bunch of guys who are really competent like kind of jamming together to feel a bit looser. But they're still very tight. They're never, sh- they're not like, you wouldn't quite call Yes shredders, but they play mm. quite virtuosi- virtuosi- how do you say it? Virtuos- mm. They're virtuosos mm. and they show you it. Whereas mm. these guys have a great sense of timing and they're always you know, tight together, but they're not dazzling you with a hundred notes yeah. per second. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I'll play, I'll play your song. Um, What's their best known song? Oh, the best, I don't know, I don't think anything's well known. <laughs> um, What's their hit? So on this album, you can see the beautiful album cover there. Yeah, love it. Oh, it's obviously like a drip of saliva coming off that giant yeah. tongue as well. Can't yeah. miss that. Um, a, a final note on the album cover, by the way. I mean, it quite often tops like, rankings of the worst album covers ever. Oh, does it? Yeah, it's, it's, all, it's talked about in the same kind of sentences. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And deservedly so. <laughs> um, I'll, do you want accessible or less accessible? Let's go accessible. Accessible, okay. The ships rising up from the sea to the sky cries. Hey, yeah, hold on. Just one sorry scream and a desperate cry cries. Hey, Definitely proggy, but mm-hmm. sort of, yeah, quite sort of um, creepy and a bit, I don't know, why it makes me think of like weird vampires or something. Yeah, I no, yeah. I, I, yeah, that yeah. makes perfect sense. Yeah, um, it's weird. They have songs like Pantagruel's Nativity, a lot of that, mm. they have quite a few songs where the imagery is from Rabelais. Um, where is his most famous work? Gargantua and Pantagruel. Ah. Which is like a huge, is it 15th, 16th century, there you go. Okay. Tells the adventures of two giants, Gargantua and his son Pantagruel. It's written in an amusing, extravagant, and satirical vein. There you go. Thank you, Wikipedia. Okay. Um, they, they, a lot of their song. They have another song, Advent of Panurge. I think that's a character mm. from the same thing. And it's kind of weird, dark, magical kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, but it, but there's um, there's something about that as well, which is kind of this whole question of like you know, progs getting progers getting sexy is. The subject matter for Proggy is, is often quite kind of, you know, it's Cerebral, sort of intellectual, yeah, 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 and literary and all these kind of literary illusions that kind of come through and, and so sort of like chucking sex into that. I mean, obviously a lot of those references, would, you know, sources would have sex in them, but it's just sort of, you know, it's not like seeing a sort of just a simple punk song where, yeah, you yeah. know, you would... You know, you see about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. You yeah, know, it's yeah, sort yeah. of. I wonder if there's always something a little jarring about the subject matter alongside some of the other. Yeah, yeah. More highfalutin stuff. I think I think that is probably mm. true. Yeah, um, which in a way doesn't really make sense because he said because you know, plenty of Chaucer, Shakespeare, yeah, classical plays. There's plenty yeah. of like body jokes, yeah, and sexual references. But it, that, but a lot of body is a good word because a lot of what's okay. on the list That's does true. sound yeah, yeah, yeah. body. Doesn't yeah, yeah, it? It rather does than like you like. Rather than actually, you know... Trying to evoke a sexy atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah, then yeah. coming back to the, you know, the point earlier, the stuff around Pink Floyd and, 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 and um, you know, I think there's a, there's a set, there is a bit of a sexiness to, to some Pink Floyd stuff, to the sort of Dark Side of the Moon stuff, and it's, 
it's the music that does it, isn't it? It doesn't yeah, have yeah. to be the, yeah, yeah, the lyrics. It's the yeah, yeah. it's the vibe of it. And, yeah, yeah. you know, I don't mm. know. Maybe Dave Gilmore's good with his hands. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> but the sort of, you know, the guitar and, yeah, the, yeah. you know, the vibe of it is... But Pink Floyd know. are kind of a weird... I mean, like, are they prog? I mean, a lot of people would say they're not. Mm. I mean, they're kind of... Because they're a bit more spacey and a lot more obviously bluesy. Yeah. Like, David was a very bluesy guitar player. And obviously people think... You know, people talk yeah. about blues. It's kind of like soul and funk. It has a bit more of that kind of sexual mm. edge to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, Whereas yeah. Steve Howe from Yes, the guitar player from Yes, you know, there's, there's a lot more, like, weird jazz fusion, mm. like a bit of country licks. Um, and they're not really genres that many people go to. There's mm. like a good example of like, yeah, hot and steamy. Mm. Um, he's kind of got a weird off kilter kind of janky style. I don't know how yeah. to describe it. It's a bit weird rhythmically. It's mm. not smooth like Dave Gilmore. Mm. Um, but yeah, I still find it weird shine on your crazy diamond. Mm. The fact yeah, that it's, it's a thing, it's a thing in your mind. The fact that it's enough of a thing. <laughs> oh, I know, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, in a way I get it because it's, it's chill. It's a chilled out yeah. song. Um, but it's, it's also like, Check out, I'm a bit cultured, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not just putting on Bump and Grind by R. Kelly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true, I mean... My mind's telling me no! <laughs> I mean, surely we don't talk about R. Kelly We shouldn't uh, talk about R. Kelly, yeah. no. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know what to say other than... Mm. I, I guess there probably is, I mean, come back to the whole, like, someone was clearly trying to impress you by putting on that song. So clearly they thought it was sexy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I still find it weird that that's the go-to. Um, but yeah, I mean, Apping Floyd Prog. Mm. You can see why they are a bit more bluesy and a bit smoother and a bit compared yeah. to this kind of stuff. I mean, even Genesis are a lot more goofy than Pink Floyd. Pink yeah. Floyd were a bit more... Yeah, definitely less goofy. But a song that would creep me out if someone uh, put it on to mm-hmm. get me in the mood mm-hmm. is the... Uh, the Roxy Music one that you picked. <laughs> that would freak me the hell out. And, and you know what's weird? I don't know. You probably didn't watch it because I don't think it's your kind of show. But um, the song felt instantly familiar because I watched Mindhunter 2 recently, the second series of Mindhunter. It. It's about serial killers. Okay. And they start off the second series with that song. I'll, pl- I'll play a bit of it. I blew up your body. But you blew my mind. But you have to watch it. You have to watch the opening. Because I think it's oh, literally wait, so the that opening. Oh, is about? It's the opening of the second series. And it's that whole thing of this is how fucking creepy it is. This mm-hmm. is about serial killers mm-hmm. who, you know, rape and murder women. And that's the song they picked. Because it's right. really creepy. I mean, this like, song is literally, as far as I'm aware, just about literally a blow-up doll. Which is yeah. still creepy and weird, maybe. Yeah. But I just, I mean, first time I heard, first time I heard the song, again, not paying attention to lyrics... I think yeah. this song was literally on that uh, progressive rock um, mm. three set mm. CD I was talking about earlier. I didn't I didn't take any notice yeah. of the lyrics. I just thought it was a great song because the build up. Yeah. And then the bit at the end where he goes, "But you blew my mind." And then the guitars come in. I just I yeah. think it's really wicked. It's creepy. I it's think very it's, creepy. it's very creepy. <laughs> um, yeah, and I have to say I I I really love rock and music, and this isn't one that I would pick out as being like oh I think I'll listen to that one it's just maybe it's the connotations of that show that this was, right, yeah, was yeah. used in a really creepy way but yeah, yeah. it's a creepy song it's a creepy song it's a very creepy song yeah I mean it just kind of has that droning and yeah. little bits and pieces I think Brian Eno was still with them at this point mm. and it's kind of like a lot of it's kind of more of a soundscape with a guy talking yeah. over it it yeah, sounds quite yeah, yeah, yeah. dark and not industrial but it's got like kind of 
yeah grimy feel to it and i guess as well like although it probably literally is about a doll mm-hmm. it's um you know that it, i had a little bit of a feeling of hang on a minute is this sort of uh, objectifying women which you know i mean yeah. it's about a doll yeah. you know but yeah, yeah. i mean that sort of for me it was a, it didn't kind of the, sit that well it was a sort of yeah yeah. You know. yeah yeah i totally get you i think i think the problem i mean you mentioned r kelly before and we said let's not talk about r kelly but at the same time this is like 70s rock and 70s rock musicians that were famously mm. quite creepy mm. i mean i i it's not as if i've read all the biographies of these guys either but you know mm. we all know the stories about jimmy page or mm. you know even the beatles when they were in hamburg and all that kind of stuff yeah. and you know even like the Beach Boys and Dennis Wilson, um, mm. you know, with the Manson family and stories mm. of like orgies at the Manson house or whatever. Yeah. Um, even a band like the Beach Boys who can have a very innocent, sweet face, there's yeah. a lot of darkness behind it. And, uh, you know, yeah. it's a perfectly <laughs> good mm. point and a wider cultural issue to like think about these people in the context of, you know, they probably were creepy and they probably did yeah. have, and they probably still do, and lots of people do still do have regressive attitudes towards yeah. women and sex generally and but it also was of its time you know and and there were certain i mean i'm you know obvious stuff to state but you know i suppose a lot of it was was novelty and still new i'm you know i suppose i'm you know letting them off the hook more than perhaps i'd let r kelly off the hook but you know there's kind of newer stuff when you've got rock and roll and you've got you know women and girls da, da, da. Mm-hmm. um but comparing some of these artists is someone like Prince, you know, Prince is a, is a guy who sings, you know, I know he's not prog, but you yeah, know, yeah. sex is his subject, isn't it? And, yeah, yeah. And I've always thought that he does it really well and, it, and in a way that doesn't objectify women. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it, it's about sex. It's not about yeah, know, yeah. women as sex objects. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, mean, I had to weave a bit of Prince in there. Yeah. That's, that's fine. I mean, um, I mean, I agree from like, I don't know, listen to everything by Prince but mm. I never got the impression that he was like mm. I mean again wouldn't be very surprised if a lot of his lyrics were of the era yeah. but I never got the, the, the impression they're particularly bad but I guess yeah. if you talk about like the sexiness of Prince's music for me he's just he takes he's, he's doing it too much for me like mm. everything is too much all the time yeah. and I'm getting I think I really like that kind of tongue in cheek thing you yeah. get through with these yeah. and uh, not proggy at all but uh, Tenacious T's first album do you know? Do I know Tenacious to see, but I don't know their first album. The first album is know, um, pretty much the only album worth listening to, and it's—I yeah. mean—it's it's genuinely one of my favorite albums ever because it's just funny, but it's really crude, very bawdy, and like yeah. you know, there's songs like Double Team and Fuck Her Gently. Yeah. But yeah, 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 yeah. they're very aware that they're just two fat, balding middle-aged guys yeah. singing these songs, and I just—it's just hilarious. Like, to me, I just think it's so funny. Yeah. Um, and I still do. I can listen to the, that album like a million mm. times. I still think it's oh, funny. Oh, I need to listen to it. Um. I'm just, uh... Whereas, uh, yeah, obviously this isn't about Prince, but I think Prince, I could, could be wrong. We could do a whole Takes separate... Takes it a bit too seriously. <laughs> we could do a whole separate thing about Prince. But um, is Prince underrated or overheated? Does he fit in with the theme I of this? I don't think you could say that he's, um, I don't think you could say he's underrated. I no, think people recognise so. his, yeah. his special... Yeah, yeah. Genius, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't think you could say yeah, he's underrated. And I, and I don't think he's really overheated either, I think, um... Yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't. People I've, really love his stuff, yeah. and yeah, yeah. I yeah, think yeah. he's genuinely people get him quite right yeah, yeah. where he should be. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that, that's my excuse. That's why I'll never do. <laughs> no, you don't have to do Prince. <laughs> um, 
Um, I was interested to see interested to see Straubs on this. It's, again, I, I I don't know Straubs really well, but obviously I know they're they're pretty folky yeah, kind yeah. of band, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Really, I don't know if they're also seen as being are they kind of proggy folky. Yeah, like? I mean, um, um, but yeah, Fingertips was one of the, the the lyrics to this one were one of the most from all the songs you picked. I suppose the most um, like uh, what's the word I'm looking for. Not like literal, but you know, explicit. Yeah, explicit. I mean, it's not literal. I was gonna say, yeah, it's totally literal. But actually, the song is just one extended like metaphor, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, so regarding like the progginess, uh, Rick Wakeman was with them for two albums. Yeah. This one and his studio album, and obviously quite naturally, those are the most proggy ones. Yeah. Um, and I think they're always seen as one of those bands who are kind of like on the borderline, in the same way that I, I don't know, Roxy Music and prog but they're on the borderline really yeah. in a lot of ways yeah, yeah, yeah. same with Brian Eno his early stuff especially like on the border like David Bowie actually is on the border between prog and glam mm. I think sometimes he just goes full prog mm. I think um, Space Oddity is a lot proggier than a lot of people might want mm. to admit <laughs> um, but yeah I, I mean Straubs yeah so do you know you know Straubs generally um, I I don't know them that well, but I, I guess I think of them as a, as a folk band, really. And I suppose, from what I know of them, I, perhaps I don't know them well enough, but I guess I would have thought... I think of folk as being a more pure, traditional kind of genre and, and yeah, yeah. not something that would necessarily sing about um, breasts being gentle snowdrifts. and. Uh, That's where he gets know. very literal. <laughs> <laughs> but um, maybe we can listen to it again, because um, I've only listened yeah. to this once. I think, I think what slightly bugs me with this is that it's a beautiful melody and it's a what sounds like a what would be just my kind of folky song to yeah, listen yeah. to, and yet it's got these. It's almost like it's trying to slip in these these lyrics and and almost um, <laughs> palm them off as poetry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In it, I, I think it's taking itself Too seriously. Yeah. Do I you think? think okay. Well, yeah. Do that's you, what's bugging me. Yeah, if, it, you, if it was better disguised or, you know, a bit more jokey. We mm-hmm. can't use tongue-in-cheek anymore on this because right, I've yeah, talked about I've the cover. Dismerged it. But, um, <laughs> but it doesn't, you know, it's just kind of, it's, it's right out there and mm-hmm. it's kind of, uh, yeah, just feels like it's taking itself seriously. Yeah, yeah. I totally, I yeah. So do, do you do you think he thinks, do you think he thinks he's being subtle? Yeah. Yeah. I think he That's probably That's a really does. good point, actually, yeah. yeah. And that's what's... <laughs> Fucking me. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually. I mean, you know. Yeah. I, yeah. Again, it's one of the songs I never listened to the lyrics to, and you know when you're half processing them when you listen to it, I was like, oh, it's really nice folksy melody. Oh, it's kind of pastoral. He's talking about like yeah. willow, and yeah. you just don't really register it until you listen closer. Um, exactly. Yeah. And, and I think it's... most people probably listen a bit more closely and would probably just be like, come on, Jacob, it's just completely lacking subtlety, which it completely is. Yeah. Um, I mean the tangle thicket parts, you know. It's just wait, yeah. isn't there a bit about a wizard's wand or something? <laughs> no, but I think there oh, should be a woodman's knife. A wood. Oh no, that, a willow there you wand. Go, that's it. The willow wand <coughs> will bend before the woodsman knife. Woodman's yeah. knife. I mean, yeah. He must be talking about what we think he's talking about. Yeah, I um, know, and it's yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, get, yeah. I, t- I can't disagree with your point about he probably does think he's being more subtle than yeah. he is. And I, in my head, I didn't even think that far. I just yeah. kind of thought. Yeah, it's a really nice melody, and well, it fits the theme. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. They're generally, uh, as a band, they're not necessarily they're not like first rate, obviously. Mm. But um, it's a good live. This is off a live album. Mm. It's a good one. 
uh, and they've got some really good strong songs on it and mm. Rick Wakeman gets like a solo piano piece obviously and it obviously is amazing because it's Rick Wakeman yeah and uh, their album From the Witchwood which is the studio album done with Rick Wakeman is really good with a few really really good songs on it yeah and they don't ever try to get sexy other than this song yeah um, but now that you've pointed out I've ruined probably, it for you yeah yeah I think you've ruined it <laughs> the fact is because where I'm still, I, I just I think I just come to anything um, I just assume they must be being ironic and they uh, that's yeah. just my assumption yeah but I think I've probably yeah. do that too much and here he probably just thinks he's being sophisticated yeah, 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 yeah. aren't I hiding these sort of yeah. metaphors in this Behind beautiful thickets <laughs> yeah. <of> tangled but, <laughs> bush <laughs> oh, oh, thanks for that <laughs> no problem so uh, um, so um, what, what there's not much got? left it's not should we just go straight to the Beach Boys one yeah yeah I'd love just once to see you I'd love just once to see you I'd love just once to see you in the nude. Ah, oh, in the nude. It's, um, yeah, it kind of, it reminds me of a band, actually, who I do uh, find sexy quite a lot of the time, which is Pulp. Okay. So I don't know I if you know... I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> yeah, so, um, This Is Hardcore is an album yeah, I, I, by Pulp. I'm I, I saying know this to because <laughs> it's Britpop isn't his forte. But, um, I've heard of it. <laughs> it's kind of a late Britpop. But, um, it's... Oh, wait, sorry, is there, are there periods within Britpop? Yeah, they oh, are. Really? Yeah, is it's it late. Early, it's like... Is there like <laughs> what, is it's there... late Britpop. So when, when's Golden Age Britpop? So uh, Golden Age Britpop is probably 95. 95. Early Britpop's, you know, 92, 93. Right, okay. And uh, mature Britpop is like 97, 98. Right. So this is Hargod probably from about 97, 98 time. And um, it's basically the subject of it, as the album suggests, is this is hardcore. Um, but actually, uh, and so there's a lot of, um, th- yeah, there's a lot of songs on there where sex is the subject matter and and um, Jarvis Cocker approaches it in a very... Because um, he's got... He just really walks that fine line between... Um, it being jokey and mm-hmm. uh, but also he finds these moments of kind of um, transcendence but also darkness and, and so mm-hmm. he, he, he's really good with the subject matter but there's a song by Pulp and actually it's from a different class where the, the kind of chorus is I give my whole life to see it just you stood there only in your underwear and it's like okay. a kind of a sexy moment whereas uh, Brian Wilson saying in the nude <laughs> it's just sort of like it doesn't have that same sort of slight you know it's more it's it's a bit more jokey isn't it yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a bit lighter and yeah, yeah. but um i really um yeah it's a good song though it's a it's a it's a beautiful little ditty beach boy song yeah isn't yeah. It? yeah yeah it's a it's yeah. a weird one because it's kind of so do you know the album wild honey i know the i know the song wild honey yeah, with the ceremony which, yeah, 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 and that's quite um, that's got a lot of it's got a lot of energy that song, and I think that's quite a sexy song actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's got a real sort of yeah, sort of a passion and an energy yeah, and yeah. drive about it. I think. Yeah, that's. But a good I don't point. know the whole album. Yeah, so it was. I mean, that song, that the whole album is kind of pointed to as the Beach Boys doing like soul. Yeah. And I think Carl Wilson, especially on the title track, has a lot more vocals. Well, yeah. he's always got a lot of lead vocals, obviously, but he's he's kind of pushed to the fore and he's seen as kind of like the soulful singer in the group mm. for the album. And it was, um, 
the album immediately after Smiley Smile, which was obviously like their big commercial flop that kind of commercially ruined them for the rest of the 60s. Right. So it's kind of the first attempt at kind of turning the Beach Boys into something else. And it's very mm. lo-fi. They don't get much more like mm. arrangement-wise sophisticated than that. That mm. song we just played. Right. Um, it's quite short. It's probably not even, I don't think it's 30 minutes long. Yeah. Um, <coughs> one of the last albums where every song is a Brian Wilson song. Mm. So obviously, as the 60s went by, the rest of the band had to take over a bit more as he kind of deteriorated mental health-wise. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a great album. It's got some yeah. really good songs on it. And yeah, they're all kind yeah. of lightweight in, in the yeah. commas like that. Yeah. And they all have a, not necessarily the same sense of humour, but yeah. they're a bit more tongue-in-cheek. And I think yeah. that's a cute little song, actually. And they can still be. In fact, they often are. You know, we were talking about this earlier, but they often are. Um, they have that lightweight quality that's almost deceptively so, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So you can listen to it on one level and be like, oh, that was a cute. But then at the same time, yeah, yeah. it's always there's always more, a bit more complex music stuff going on, beautiful harmonies, you yeah, know, yeah. that really sort of interests mm-hmm. you and draws you in. Yeah, definitely. So, um, but I think this album yeah. is probably one of the albums where they don't even... I mean, this right, is, okay, as you hear, this is more, just like a guy right, hacking a guitar. Okay. It probably is more of a three or four chord song. Yeah, yeah. Whereas like, even a few years late, earlier, they were doing like... Yeah. much more complicated 25 chords in a song yeah whatever it was yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. and this is I mean this is literally a year after Pet Sounds yeah uh, and it's within the same year as the aborted Smile Sessions yeah um, so they're kind of worlds apart mm. uh, but it's very typical of the kind of post Pet mm. Sounds Beach Boys sound which is recorded in Brian Wilson's home studio um, a lot more lo-fi they sometimes yeah. have a few session musicians but nowhere near as many mm. And uh, it's weirdly, there's a couple other songs in that kind of post-Pet Sounds era that have a similarly, like, have a weird, goofy sense of humour about, like, sexual matters. Mm. I'll put in another one. Yeah. Which you might not have heard. Do you know the album Friends? No. Um, where is it, Friends? It's a really underrated album. But again, really quite short, quite lo-fi. Um, but this is a song called When a, Na- um, what? When a Man Needs a Woman. Okay. Not When a Man... Not when a man loves a woman, when yep. a man needs a woman. But you, I mean, you'd imagine similar. A man needs a woman like a woman needs a man When the two get together oh, 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 oh. Pretty soon we'll be a family of three Yeah. And he just goes, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> like, Again, like, it's just like, because they're the Beach Boys, it's almost like there's a barrier and they just yeah. can't say it. They yeah, can't just be like, yeah, yeah. Well, you know. Uh, uh, okay, yeah. Mm. Uh, and I think it's similarly just kind of like goofy, tongue in cheek. Yeah. I think that's what I like about Brian Wilson's sense of humour is that it's not. Mm. There's another song mm. on his album where he's just describing like where he lives yeah. and how to get to his house. Yeah. And he's like, what? And then like the last chorus in this, I guess it's a chorus in the song, is just about him losing his friend's phone number mm. and like trying to remember it looking for the piece of paper, can't find it. Mm. I just sat there and thought really hard and then I remembered it and I called him. Oh, and he didn't answer. And that's that. So I wrote him a letter. Like, it's just... Simple. What are you saying here about? Like, what are you talking yeah. about? But I kind of appreciate it. Mm. I like it. Um, but yeah, you like that song then? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just... Um... Oh, there was one song that um, confused me. Magma, Donde? Dondai? Yes. What the hell was that one all about? Can we do that one last? Yeah, sure. So, so there's only one song left. Jeremy Bender, ELP. Yes, I'll play it briefly. Oh, it's quite a short song. It's very short. It's a nice, um, nice piano on it. 
Um, so Emerson, Lake and Palmer. Yeah, it's a, um, it's got that sort of um, kinksy kind of. He yeah. is a chap. He's a little bit cheeky. Is he gay <laughs> or is he not? Yeah, yeah. I think he's gay. It's I don't know. It's well, a it's, it's is a, he a man? Is he a woman? A sort of Lola esque kind yeah, of. Yeah, it is. It's also kind um, of like a lot like a lot of the Beatles. Yeah. Whimsical kind of yeah, short songs. Yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. Maybe the ones that are on Abbey Road, which are kind of, well, they're a little bit more kind of nonsensical on Abbey Road, yeah. aren't they? Where yeah. Just, I still... A little character, a quick little pen picture of the character, and yeah, then yeah. that's all you get kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And that style that, again, was sort of, yeah, copied by Blur a lot. And, right, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brit poppy bands, where they and were it, really obviously kind of harking back to the... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, and I think it has a really Beatles. cool... Has a, has a cool like honky tonk kind of yeah, piano. Yeah, I really great. love that piano. Greg Lake is a great singer. Actually, he has a great voice. Um, I don't know Emerson Lake and Palmer very much at all. A weird band who I'm not even necessarily sure I would recommend mm. that much. Mm. Um, I think Greg Lake, well, Emerson Keith Emerson is a keyboard player. Mm. Um, Greg Lake is the bass player slash guitarist slash singer, yeah. and then Carl Palmer is the drummer. And they were seen as like the first kind of like prog supergroup. Ah. Kind of like the cream of, you know, cream, Eric Clapton, yeah. of prog. And they formed in, like, 1970. Their first, like, live show was, I think it was the Isle of Wight Festival. Mm. It was really over the top and, like, mm. bombastic. And Keith Emerson was really famous for doing, like... He was, like, the Jimi Hendrix of the keyboards. You know, he'd, like, yeah. stab a knife in it to keep, like, a certain note down and then do yeah. all these theatrics. Wow, that's and, cool. You know, he'd go Might on, like, a that. stage that kind of turns around and he went upside mm. down and played the piano from behind. I mean, the guy was yeah. technically accomplished to an insane degree. Yeah. Um, Greg Lake, I, I really think a brilliant song singer. Mm. Uh, he could write some really good songs. But when they all kind of came together, mm. they ended up producing a lot of crap as well. <laughs> like, mm. To be honest, a lot of music that's just not that good. Yeah. I think, like, the album that's from is Tarkus. That's their best. I think it's actually a really good album. Then they have another album, Trilogy, which has a lot of good songs on it, but too many kind of ditties a bit like this that just mm. kind of ruin it a bit because mm. they're not A, as good as this, and B, there's too too many of them. Um, and then they have, I think their biggest, like, prog fancy brain salad surgery is the best. I think it's mostly just a waste of vinyl, to be mm. honest. It's, there's a lot of mm. crap on it. There's some really good moments on it, but, you know, you don't expect a few good moments out of an entire yeah. album. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And kind of beyond that, they just... Seem to waste their talents a bit. Yeah. Keith Emerson dominated a bit too much with too many keyboards. Too much. Too many keyboard solos. And, it, you know, he was... He was kind of like an Ingve Malmsteen or Steve Vai before his time on keyboards, so just showing off. Um, and they kind of... Ne- given how much talent there was in the band, they never mm. were as good as they should have been. Still yeah. some, some really good stuff there, but a lot of crap. Yeah. And this, that song itself is, um, as you can tell, about a guy who thinks, ah... Great idea. If I go to a, you know, hang out with nuns, there'll be tons of women around. I'll go to hang out with nuns, kisses a nun. Turns out the nun he kisses is another guy doing the same thing as him. Okay, And he yeah. doesn't like this. Yeah, yeah, and yeah It's yeah, stupid. Yeah. It's kind of a stupid little ditty. And it, when you look back at it with eyes, you know, in 20... I nearly said 2019. 2020. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, is it homophobic? Is it a transphobic yeah, yeah, song? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, yeah. Is it even it sensical enough? It almost a bit of both, but the thing is, it's, yeah, I yeah, don't yeah. Think you can judge it that seriously, can you really? Yeah, it doesn't um, even hang together enough to be either, whilst yeah. still being a bit questionable. Um, and again, obviously, not a sexy song, mm. but again, just, it's very hard to find an example in prog of people trying to be sexy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Actually doing it in a straightforward way, rather than just doing it in this 
Yeah, singing about sex in a, in a kind of yes, yeah, body yeah, way. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I think that's a good song. I think it's a good yeah for what it's it is. Funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and again, the keyboard, <coughs> you know, the piano playing is one of the best parts of it because it's just it just sounds brilliant. I think. Yeah. Um, which means we have one more song to do. Yes. Now this was the mysterious one that I um, listened to and was like, "Huh? Is it in Spanish?" Well, this is the song that takes the most explaining. And is the most. You'll see why it's kind of the most proggy. Without okay. musically. And also, my robot didn't know this song either. It's pretty, pretty That's obscure. My yeah. robot. The robot <laughs> didn't know this. Um, so yeah, so I, I can quite legitimately claim that these guys are underrated then, because Alexa doesn't even know who they she are. She doesn't know who they are. Um, I'll just play it briefly. kind of the circular yeah. and it's kind of building up a lot yeah, yeah. not sure about the falsetto <laughs> that is a bloke thing isn't it it's yeah. the same guy all yeah, the yeah. through it um, um, yeah so not sure about that bit but I like yeah, yeah. The, the bits when he's singing a bit lower yeah, I like yeah. that yeah. I think it is just like two cod vamp all yeah. the way through they might modulate somewhere later on yeah um, right so this this band takes a bit of explaining okay they're called Magma yeah. as you know already that song's called Don Die yeah uh, so there are French band and the genre is called Zool, Z E U H L. Okay. Um, Do they make up their own? Do anyone else in that genre, or is it well, just them? Well, pretty much just them. I think there's a <laughs> few, like maybe a couple of offshoots, and I think if, if there's a few Japanese bands that were clearly fans of these guys. Yeah. Fans who fans of these guys who. So uh, this is where we got cut off for some reason. Uh, we lost a bit of my explanation about the band Magma. And obviously we lost the discussion about the song itself. I can't really uh, reproduce the conversation we had, so all I'll do now is outline a bit of the band themselves. Basically all, or the majority at least, of their music is based around a, a dystopian vision of humanity's future, which was uh, dreamt up by the band leader and drummer Christian Vander. Uh, the lyrics are written in a constructed language called, I think it's pronounced right, Kobayan. Uh, the language itself isn't really grammatical or consistent, though it does resemble... Germanic and the Slavic languages quite strongly. Uh, it's more really about the sounds they lend to the music than actually a grammatical specific sense. Their music ranges from jazzy to sounding more like a choral or orchestral kind of classical musical piece uh, with everything in between. It's usually staying on the darker side of things with a few exceptions. This song is pretty weird but in a way is actually a lot more musically straightforward than a lot of their stuff. It, it's basically just a two card vamp for the most part. Uh, I'd recommend people listen to this song all the way through, actually, though. Uh, see if you agree with my thoughts that it essentially sounds like two weird aliens singing love songs to each other. Which, given the background of the band's music and the name itself, which is Don Die and in brackets, An Eternal Love, uh, seems to fit. As a final note, it's worth pointing out that the famous UK snooker player Steve Davis is a big fan of this band as well. That's it for the first episode of my podcast, Underrated slash Overhated. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed the music we talked about. I definitely recommend um, everyone checking out all the bands and artists we mentioned. So look them up and give them a go. See ya.